This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, so Alan Williams wasn't the only coordinator to speak at House Hall on Wednesday. Richard Hightower, the special teams coordinator, (laughs) did, and he addressed the kickoff conundrum, correct? Yeah, new kickoff rule, obviously approved by the owners at the league meetings in Minneapolis last month, and now... Any ball on a kickoff that is fair caught between the 25-yard line and the goal line comes out to the 25 for a touchback. Again, we've talked about this being a a rule that has been in place in the NCAA for several years now, and it's still jarring when a guy makes that fair catch symbol or signal at the three, and then they get the ball out at the 25. This now opens the door for the NFL to try to figure out team by team how they want to handle this. What is going to be your approach on kickoffs? Are you just going to boom them through the end zone? Are you going to try to squib stuff to force a return? How are you going to compensate and play that chess game with a rule that, by the way, is in here. It's on a one-year trial basis. So the league wants to see this for one year and then come back and revisit it. They are mainly making this move in the interest of cutting down on the high-speed collisions on kickoffs and trying to get concussion rates down which they said started to rise again as teams sort of floated balls, you know, out to the three yard line and forced returns. Um, but Richard Hightower was pressed on this. He got, he got about probably five or six questions on the topic was trying to steer around them as best he could. He would not say, uh, would not publicly express what we all know is league wide criticism of from coaches of, of what this rule does to the actual football playing part of the game. But here's some of what Richard Hightower had to say about this whole, uh, as you called it, the kickoff conundrum. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a Dr. Biggs, you know, I don't, I, I've seen the data, you know, just like we've all seen it, but hopefully it, hopefully it does. I think the league's trying to do the right thing. We're all trying to do the right thing. We all care about our players. So, uh, I don't know what it's, it's, it's a trial run and then they'll vote on it again and then we'll see. But ultimately guys, it's in the returner's hands. So I respect his restraint because it's got to be maddening for football coaches to see what's going on here. This is a a feeble attempt by the league to provide a bit of window dressing to the idea that they are doing what's in the best interest of the players. 
I don't know that this is going to move the needle. I don't know how big of an impact this is going to have. I think if you want to, you know, focus on helping the health and welfare of, of current and, and former players, that's laudable. But I don't know how this makes the game better. It certainly doesn't make the game more exciting. It, it essentially eliminates or reduces the most exciting play in football, as the kickoff is often referred to. And I just don't know that it um, – it's something that is a step in the right direction. And the numbers speak for themselves. I suppose you can find, you know, numbers to support the idea of reduced concussions. But there, there's a lot of things that go into that. And I just don't know that this is a, a rule that I embrace or like at all. Richard Hightower was asked if uh, he could ever imagine the game without kickoffs. And he said, well, think about baseball. Think about basketball. Think about football. You say, what time is first pitch? What time is tip-off? And in football, you say, what time is kickoff? So if you took the kickoff out of the game, we'd have to say, what time is the first snap? And it would get really confusing for everybody. That's neither here nor there. But obviously, it's something that that I think the league is going to be interested to, to at least monitor for a year. We'll see how it kind of operates in the preseason. We'll see. Again, I, there, there's some chess that needs to be played with this now. And, and that's one of the reasons we were kind of grilling Richard Hightower on this is what are you going to do? You're going to have to set up guidelines for your upbacks, for your return men. You know, what, what are the rules for signaling for that fair catch? What do you want to do as a kickoff team? Do you want to squib stuff to, to an area where you can go get a play inside the 25, you know, and, and how many different things does this introduce strategically? That's something that's a wait and see proposition, but I'm certainly fascinated by, by some of that maneuvering that's going to go on uh, as soon as we start getting into game action. It eliminates players too, from, from being able to take advantage of their most unique skill set. In, in the case of, you know, guys who are making, the team because of their return capabilities, guys who make the team because of their coverage capabilities. This makes it easier to cut somebody like that. If you're looking at a numbers game, if you're looking for reasons to get rid of your sixth linebacker or whatever the case may be, because you're keeping him based on his ability to cover kicks. And when in fact, that may not be a case, you might not have many kicks that you need to cover because everything's getting fair caught. So I, I don't know. I would, I think that they should try to, go back to the drawing board and use different ideas to maybe in preseason to test them. I would like to see them try the XFL rule. I was going to ask you about that because I only saw it a couple times in action and it's very uh, disorienting, but your thoughts on that? This is it. The kicker lines up at his 30-yard line with the other 10 members of the kickoff team lining up at the opponent's 35. So picture (laughs) that if you can. Five yards away from the returning team. Only the kicker and one returner can move until the ball is fielded. Once the ball is fielded, then everybody goes into action. Touchbacks are spotted at the 35-yard line, so it encourages the kind of action, and it doesn't give you the long run-up because you're at the opponent's 35-yard line. And so I think when you talk about that, it is more like a defensive play. It's more like an open field tackle. Still, you have to be – somebody that is, you know, pursues the ball with reckless abandon, but it also encourages the fundamental art of tackling, which is lost in the NFL. I liked what I saw in a small sample size at the XFL level. I just don't think the NFL would ever say, oh, yeah, the XFL has a better idea. Let's steal that. <laughs> well, I mean, let's see what the data is, you know, and, and if somebody can provide evidence that, okay, this is a much safer version of a more exciting play, then maybe we – do look at that. Um, you're right. They are very resistant to making changes, particularly as as one coming from a league 
like the XFL. Um, but it is, uh, it's, it's interesting to consider who know, like what is Devin Hester's career as a Chicago bear? If he enters the league in 2023, as opposed to, to 2006, he's not going in the hall of fame eventually because of his ability to fair catch. He never would even be considered if, if, I mean, you know, is he on he the roster the for three years, you know, right. it, 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 like who knows? Because that was, that was the gift, you know, and, and, and obviously he converted positions and went from a defensive back to a receiver, but yeah, it's uh it's all, it's all food for thought. Speaking of special teams, before we get out of here, what was the deal with Cairo Santos and the conversation surrounding um, his status and being challenged? Fill me in the blanks because you know how much I love a good kicker controversy. Yeah, there's no controversy here. Here's the here's the deal. The Bears currently have two specialists on the roster. Uh, Andre Schmidt is an undrafted rookie out of Syracuse that they signed immediately after the draft. And they've got Ryan Anderson, who came into the league and has spent a couple uh, stints with – in not never in the regular season, but has had a cup of coffee with the Patriots and the Giants, I believe. And he's he's now uh, in the punting, quote-unquote, competition. There's every, 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 every seed of thought inside the building at Hallis Hall that your opening day kicker will be Cairo Santos and your opening day punter will be Trent Gill. They've got some camp legs to take some wear and tear off these guys. They've got a, you know, a little bit of healthy competition, if you want to call it that. Um, but I think sort of the, the conversation was, well, why do you need these guys here? Uh, and is it notable given that, as we talked about last year, Cairo Santos missed five extra points, uh, including a several and a flurry there during the, the year where you go, whoa, is he not reliable anymore? And Richard Hightower's point was we finished the uh, season – top five in the league in field goal percentage. And so if you want to call that a struggle, then go ahead and call that a struggle. But we feel good about Cairo. And the counterpoint is, well, we're not just talking about field goals. He also missed those five extra points. And the pushback was, well, by the end of the year, he made some technical adjustments. He got it corrected and we think he'll be fine. So it is one of those June conversations that is just kind of for the sake of June conversation. Hey, what are these two guys doing here? I think we've got our answer for now. Um, we'll obviously keep an eye on it, but I don't see any uh, 2019 version of, of Eddie versus Elliot and all of the things that went on during a wild, wild four month span that uh, ultimately led with Eddie Pinero or ultimately finished with Eddie Pinero uh, kicking that game winner. in Denver. Wasn't that the Augusta? <laughs> Uh, Augusta silence. Augusta we had silence. Casey yeah. Bednarski making a kick to end oh practice my. and doing a backflip. And Matt Nagy wasn't happy with that, which always bothered me because it was like, if you're going to tell everybody you'd be you and that guy wants to do a backflip, he's just being him. You can't be mad at him for being a kicker, doing a backflip. There were all sorts of stuff that went into that circus in 2019. It was quite a time to be alive. I will never forget a, it may have even been Mother's Day, but it was a rookie mini camp Sunday where we were on the field away from all the football players watching nine kickers who ultimately didn't go to training camp uh, attempt kicks from all different distances and losing balls in the in the forest and everything else. That I, I think that would be a good project for you to come up with the most, the, the five most manufactured, contrived <laughs> OTA controversies. Oh yeah, we could go back. We could go back over there, my time and and dig definitely. a few up. They're yeah. always there. I mean, we, we were talking about it, David, yesterday, just about how. I mean, this is NFL manufactured. We have turned this into a year-round headline-creating machine. It is what it is, and so people expect something to happen on days where nothing is happening, and then it it somehow gets you. You try to put the right frame around it. You try to explain to people here's what it is, and still you log onto your internet the next day and you see things cherry picked and headlined, and you go, "How did that become the Listen, story out of I camp A, B, or C?" I needed to know that Khalil Herbert is trying boxing as a means of improving his pass protection skills. I don't know about you, but I appreciated that nugget of information. 
Always good nuggets. And you've got an opportunity here, you know, over the next few weeks to get a little bit more of those. I'll just give you one tease. Again, I, t- I told you I spoke with Travis Gibson one-on-one um, for a piece I'm just doing on him. And, and what's at stake for him going into his contract year? We talk all about Mooney and Komet and Jalen Johnson. Well, he's part of that same draft class going into a contract year, coming off a very disappointing season in which he went 105 days between his second sack and his third sack. And he feels every bit of that frustration. He feels like he's gotten stronger. Feels like he's got a better change of direction. And, he, and they're going to be playing him, David, both on the left side and the right side, trying to find a niche for him to be a pass rusher. But it's really cool to hear some of the introspective thoughts he had going into a pivotal year. And again, one of those guys that is, you know, a previous regime brought him in, but there's a lot to be gained by the current regime if he materializes into the player that he can be. And so that's that's another guy that'll be worth keeping an eye on as we get into camp. Speaking of Travis Gibson, before we leave, any other updates any other guys on the street any other pass rushers of note that the bears or bears fans should be paying attention to well it sure seems like yannick negrakwe's name is coming up uh in 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 certain forums more often and and look like you're at the stage now where i I don't know what the resistance would be in some of these cases to just grabbing a guy you can get a guy for a one-year deal and not screw up your long-term build you just need somebody more proven at rushing the passer and obviously you want to give some of your younger guys a chance to emerge and develop but eventually you've got to give your your football team a chance to be as competitive as possible so that's a guy that i would um at least keep on the radar for now and 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 pat eberflus when asked about hey are, are you guys still keeping an eye on free agents was like right to the point we're interested in a lot of free agents you know and in a very vanilla matt eberflus way he was very clear in saying you know, we're keeping our eyes on a lot of things. And, and obviously those discussions are ongoing inside Hell's Hall. And I, I think you and I are sitting here every week going, when is it going to pop? When are we going to get the news that somebody has been added to this team? 